week on the Overdrive Radio Podcast, it's part two of our quote-unquote exit interviews with our truckers of the year. This one, as with the last, detailing a bevy of challenges faced down throughout the year by this exemplary group of five businesses, with a special emphasis on tactics and long-term strategies that others can adopt to help weather rocky conditions. I'm Todd Dills, and know that there's also a strong current of advice for aspiring owners in all of this. You know, a nice-looking truck don't pay the bills. And trust me, I can ver- I can vouch for that one. If you don't give it 110%, you are not going to make it. No, I'm frugal, man. And it's got me a long way. But that's very important. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And never give up. In order, you heard there the distinct voices of all five featured today, including owner-operator Chris Smith, who operates the Dreamline Trucking Business. Our February Trucker of the Month with his wife and team owner, Ruth, leased Southern Pride hauling jet engines and other airport freight predominantly. Then, you heard Rita Wilson, who presides over the two-truck Rita's Absolute Trucking with her husband, Roger, Truckers of the Month for October. And since they've slowed down, we've kind of had to fill in once in a while with, uh, with using broker freight, but we're keeping busy all the time, so it's just a little more of a challenge. South Mississippi-based Jay Hosty, pulling dry vans leased to Landstar, too, Pulled in the monthly nod in April and T-Max transportation leased owner Steve Massett in September, hauling in a well-maintained piece of history of a 1989 Marmon. Yeah, I'm, uh, I've been working on the truck. I <laughs> go figure. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. You working on that Marmon? <laughs> yes, sir. I ended up working last night, so right. I didn't get a chance to do it yesterday, so I got to do it today. Finally, with that advice to simply never give up on the mission for those choosing the owner-operator route as a business owner in trucking, that was Walkabout Transport Independent Debbie Desiderato, based in Virginia today and our Truck of the Month for June 2023. And those were but a small sampling, a few little bites out of the apple of advice from this brain trust. On the other side of a break, we'll dive into the challenges each of the five businesses ranked number one for the year 2023. We'll start with owner-operator Chris Smith. After this word from Overdrive Radio's sponsor. Stop fuel from gelling this winter with Howe's Diesel Treat, North America's number one trusted anti-gel. Right now, you need Howe's Diesel Treat more than ever, not only to keep you gel-free, but to fight the shortcomings of today's ULSD by adding vital lubricity, removing water, and preventing deposits. The only guaranteed anti-gel on the market, Diesel Treat also boosts fuel economy and improves performance. This winter, do yourself a favor and add Howe's Diesel Treat at every fill-up. Visit Howe'sProducts.com for more information. That's H-O-W-E-S, HowesProducts.com, where you can find more about Diesel Treat and Howes Lifeline Emergency Anti-Gel, too, among other offerings. Okay, here's Chris Smith starting us out with this discussion of big 2023 challenges. Smith runs in a team with his wife and business partner, Ruth, in a Big Punk 389. That truck's called Beverly 2, and regular readers may well recall it from our past Pride and Polish competitions. The Big Yellow 389 was a category winner in 2022, and for the Smiths this year, hurdles to overcome started with the biggest expense of all. I think one of the one of the biggest challenges is, is fuel price because that's the majority of our expense. Sure, um, and. Trying to take advantage of the cheapest fuel prices that you can, but also um, 
because obviously not all fuel is the same. Um, so you have to be very careful, even using certain mom and pop stores. Um, but I'm not going to name names. So you've got to take care of where you fuel and trying to get, you know, the best price for the best fuel that you can get for your truck. And that goes in using apps, you know, through discount, you know, discount apps. Um, what do you guys which use? I've actually got, uh, we have three apps. <laughs> and I always use the best of the lot. Uh, we have obviously the WEX card through Southern Pride. Okay. Um, which we can check the fuel through there, you know, the, the, the uh, fuel price with the discount. We also have TCS, which right. is another fuel card. Um, and then we also have NASTC. And the NASTIC, uh, yeah. And the NASTIC and the, um, the WEX card is basically almost the same thing. So it, I use that in conjunction where if we go off on vacation and come back, if we were off like a month, anyone that knows Southern Pride, one of the very difficult things about working for this company is when we go off for a month, it then takes us six to eight weeks to start getting paid again. So if you're using NASTEC, you got to damn well make sure you've got the money in your account to pay for the fuel. Um, right. And then when we are back at work making money again, you know, getting a statement where we're not in the negative, then we switch back to the Southern Pride card. So um, it's, all, it's using it to your advantage. Right. And that's and that's not just uh, fuel. That's not just fuel price issues. That's uh, kind of cash managing cash flow as well, right? Yes, absolutely correct. Or some good owner operators, but sadly, because of the times, some some people are working paycheck to paycheck. Um, so it, it's tough to get around the cash flow management, um, which you really have to have leasing on with Southern Pride. Anything else, uh, any efficiency uh, uh, measures you guys taken in terms of uh, saving saving on fuel? Yeah, uh, efficiency-wise, I used to run around 72 miles an hour uh, pretty much anywhere I went except California, and then it was like 62 or 65 miles an hour. Um, but we slowed it down. We basically now run at um, 68 miles an hour. And with the big old truck that we have, obviously it's not made for the best mileage anyway. But we have increased our mileage with slowing down a minimum of a mile a gallon. And that's loaded or empty. Um, so we've gained a mile a gallon, which with the miles that we do, that, that is quite a, quite a big savings. Sure. Um, um, and that's that's just the main thing, how we manage our fuel consumption, which is our um, last year, our fuel consumption for the year cost us, um, I believe you saw, I think it was $168,000 just in fuel. Yeah. Yeah. 
Sure. I'm sure everybody on this on this call can relate to that, uh, particularly last year, but this year too. Oh, absolutely. Jay Jay uh, Jay Hosty, I imagine that uh, that that rings some bells for you. Um, what 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 is your answer to that very particular question about uh, this past year's challenges? Uh, well, he touched on the big one, fuel, but just overall cost. You know, mm-hmm. just yeah, just everything's going up so much. So besides fuel, just anything you buy, it's just uh, have gone up. So you just got to look for the the best deals and. I've, I slow down too, yeah. But I've been slowed down for years, and uh, and it absolutely saves you fuel mileage, which is money in the pocket. Um, with you know, I'm leased to Landstar, and we get really huge discounts as far as fuel. But it's also about about buying the fuel the right way. You know, ba- base price buying where you're uh, watching your taxes too. You know, because that all comes into play. Your fuel Absolutely. taxes is what I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 But yeah, overall, it's it's just cost. You know, I just really try to watch everything, and and you know that that comes down to a lot of small stuff. People might like the food, how you're eating, and stuff like that. You know, all of that comes into play when you're out on the road. He's he's so right. I didn't even think about the cost. I was just not to cut him off, but last night is a perfect example. Uh, all I wanted is an oil change. I didn't even want the whole PM. And I freaked out because if I go to my mechanics in Tennessee, an oil change, just an oil change is a couple hundred bucks. Um, where I went to Petro because that's where we parked up. And uh, I went back in to pay for it. And I totally flipped out when they said just for the oil change it was $411. <laughs> just for an oil change. That's 11 gallons of oil and one filter. It's, it's crazy. Jay, anything you've done this year that um, that kind of uh, is new uh, to your operation that, that uh, you're, you're looking to kind of mitigate those costs? Nothing, nothing really different. I, okay. I've always been about cost and I yep. mean, you know, as things go up, it, it's still the same objective, you know, pay as little as you can for whatever you spend. And I get, you know, spend as little of money, but it's, it's just really ridiculous. You know, talking about the price of an oil change. Well, here's probably part of that, man. When you, when I go buy a gallon of oil at, at, at uh, Walmart, I'll pay $15 for it in a truck stop. That same gallon of oil. It's just, it's just uh 15, 40, um, straight mineral oil, it's twice as much. It's thirty dollars, and that's just ridiculous for, for one gallon of oil. So, hitting, hitting us for those big prices, you know, uh, of what they're getting for a gallon of oil. So it just comes down to watching everything, cost-wise. My biggest challenge this year has been getting back to my main customer. I had two customers, so. Um, I've got a primary and a secondary customer, just like Ed Tanks, I guess. <laughs> um, right. And getting back, getting back to my primary customer uh, has been a challenge because the backhaul freight is pretty much not worth taking the time to haul. So I wrote to my main customer and I increased my rates by thirteen and a half percent, and Good for you. Yeah, I was very worried about doing that because 
you know, they've they've been wonderful for me for the last couple of years. But, you know, I just explained why that, you know, the cost of everything is up and they understood and they convinced me to buy um a Conestoga trailer, which I was I didn't have any debt and I really didn't want to go to debt. But they said if I you know, if I furnished the Conestoga for them they could give me more freight. Well I did. I bought it I think in May of this year. And some of some of my customers customers don't have loading dogs. So uh you know, I I uh, took a chance for the Conestoga. It's the right thing to do. So they they are giving me more work, um, and they accepted the uh, the price increase, which was good. Um, but like everybody else, you know the the price of fuel that does not match, you know, the definitely doesn't match the uh, backhaul freight. That's for sure. So I found it's uh, pretty much more profitable to just come back empty get back as soon as I can to my main customer and get ready for the next load. Um, it sounds crazy, but it's it's working. Um, when main customer has some downtime, then I go to my secondary customer, which is in the logging business, and I have trained myself uh, to be more of more value to them by learning how to use a knuckle boom um, so I can load myself so that the logging company can just focus on cutting trees. They don't need to stop and load my trailers. So um, that's kind of, that's, you know, my secondary customer. That's when nothing else is going on for my main customer. So I'm staying busy. I'm not making a killing, that's for sure. But I'm... You know, I'm surviving, paying the bills, and maintaining my lifestyle. I'm also buying oil and death in bulk, and having it uh, delivered to the house. And I'm doing my own oil changes and whatever I can in the truck myself. Right. Um. Some things I can't handle. I recently had to have a windshield wiper motor replaced, and it was way up under the dash, and I couldn't even fit in there. <laughs> so I had to get a truck. To do that for me, but uh, you know I'm taking care of as much as I can with the truck and my logging neighbors. They help me with some stuff too. Um, you know, if I need any welding or anything done, they they ter- take care of that. So it's you know pretty much I've had to diversify and make myself more useful, and um, it seems to be working. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, yeah, and I use Nastic 90% of the time I use Nastic for fuel. And on the rare occasion that I find uh, it's more financially beneficial to use a credit card at a mom and pop store, I use uh, American Express business card where I get uh, triple points. And that pays for my vacations, which is not very often, but... <laughs> um, I think in the last two years I've, I've saved up enough points for two round trip tickets back home to Australia so I'll oh, be looking go. forward to yeah when I can take that so uh, yeah 
that's, that's what I say for the point of sport. <laughs> Definitely slowed down to, I've got a 600 horsepower Detroit and uh, it's a pig on fuel, you know, we get six miles a gallon and, and uh, you know, my main customer's freight is very lightweight. Of course, the logs are a lot heavier. I get about four miles a gallon when I'm hauling logs. But, uh, yeah, I've slowed down a lot too because of the fuel. Fuel, I guess, was like as not a universal challenge for those on the call. Chicago headquarters Steve Massett was no exception. But he went on to echo the cost of maintenance and subsequent downtime with repairs was emphasized by fellow Truck of the Year contenders in our previous podcast, who noted their own journeys toward more do-it-yourself maintenance practices were practicable. As noted up top, too, Massett's no stranger to that for his vintage, hard-working Marmon tractor. Uh, a lot of these uh, repair shops now, they're, they're showing times waiting to get a truck in to get a repair. So uh, if, you're, if you're maintaining and staying on top of it, you know, you don't just all of a sudden need brakes, you know, on Wednesday, you, you needed brakes for three weeks and you try to plan that stuff out and you want to take a vacation and have it done, take a vacation or in my, in my uh, instance, I, I go find my brake parts and have them sitting on the floor in the shop waiting for me and come Saturday, that's what I'm going to do that day. And um, I try to keep, keep everything. If you don't, if you don't keep a list of things that are wrong with your truck, it'll get away from you. And next thing you know, you've got a laundry list of things and you just give up and you just you don't want to look at it anymore. So you got to you got to keep keep everything up. And, um, you know, it's important, I guess, to keep the truck clean because then the the DOT will look at you a little different. You see your truck is clean and well maintained. Your lights are on. Your tires are, are well, you know, you're not running ball or mismatched tires. Um, they They tend to leave you alone because they know that if you're doing all that, then if you're doing all the little things, then it's all the big stuff that they don't have to worry about with you. Yeah, I, I try to keep parts on hand, um, airlines, fittings like that. I keep filters and all that stuff in. I keep the sets in my truck. I keep a set in the garage. Um, <clears throat> I keep oil on hand, change my own oil. Um, even, even the oil now is getting expensive, but I can get it for 15W40 for... I think it's sixty bucks in a five gallon bucket now. So I two two of those. It's one hundred twenty dollars for the oil. Get a cat filter for about thirty dollars. So one hundred fifty bucks, and you know, an hour on my Saturday, and I get it taken care of, and not have to worry about it. Buying your fuel wherever where it's cheapest without the tax, because you're gonna pay the tax no matter what. So you gotta take that tax out of the price of fuel and see what the base price of the fuel is. Otherwise, you're you're kind of kidding yourself if you think you're saving money sometimes. Professionalism and, and courteousness, with your shippers and receivers, and and uh, that goes a long way. You go to pick up a load, you're nice and friendly with them. They're, they're more willing to load you early or get you out of there or, or help you out if you got a problem. Uh, and same with the police, you know, and the DOT. You're not going to win an argument on the side of the road, so so don't even bother trying to argue with the guy. You know, yes, sir, no, sir, and have a nice day, sir. And it gets right. you back on the road and, and less hassles, you know. Things, obviously, things run different for how people run. That's Southern Pride least Chris Smith there. 
What he's about to say speaks to the notion of keeping parts on hand to be able to get work done over a weekend at the house. With the time he and team owner-operator Ruth Smith spend on the road, it's not really an option week to week. That's difficult for us because we stay out on the road three, four, five months at a time. Right. Um, so we are, although we take care of our truck, um, and I think most people know uh, that have seen our truck that we do take care of it, um, everything like that has to be done on the road because that's the amount of time we spend at work. For Rita's absolute trucking owner-operators, Roger and Rita Wilson, like Massett, headquartered in the Chicago area, this year's biggest challenge has followed broad economic slowdown as their central customers have slowed down themselves. Regular overdrive readers will recall the pair run mostly dedicated to the Blommer Chocolate Company, running between Chicago and Pennsylvania. Here's Roger setting that up. Well, our, our biggest challenge probably is keeping... Uh, keeping busy since our customers kind of slowed down a little bit with the economy, you know, they slowed down considerably. Okay. Rates are probably less than they were year, last year and year before. And since they've slowed down, we've kind of had to fill in once in a while with, uh, with using broker freight, but we're keeping busy all the time. But it's just a little more of a challenge since rates are down and you got to be more careful with your costs and so forth. We have our own customers, so, you know, and our own, we have our own authority and everything, so we. You know, uh, when we buy fuel, we buy fuel in certain states that's going to pay for our fuel tax so that we don't end up with big tax when we report or after the end of the quarter. So, right. We keep track of that as we go. We usually get a couple hundred bucks back every quarter. But we only fuel in two states because we only run from Illinois to Pennsylvania and back. So it's not like, you know, there's only four states. So we just buy where it's the highest because we know we're going to have to pay it anyway. So. Might as well buy what's the highest, and then it kind of all evens out in, in the quarter. And we also have a discount program with our fuel um, company. Um, and it, it, they send us a report every morning um, as to how much fuel is. Like this morning, it was 90 cents a gallon off in Indiana and 58 cents a gallon off in Pennsylvania, which is where we normally fuel. So there, there are times where we save a couple hundred bucks in a week. And there are times where we've saved over 500 bucks in a week. It just varies from day to day. How I don't know how they figure their discounts, but we're very happy with it. What is the uh, fuel program that you're that you're part of? Uh, we use multi-service. We've used them probably for the last 16 years. That's why we buy more fuel in Pennsylvania than we do in Indiana, quite honestly, because Pennsylvania's right. got the highest tax in the country, fuel tax in the country. So if you over-purchase in Pennsylvania, you're going to get money back at the end of the quarter because all the other states are, are less. Yeah. Roger gets really good fuel mileage because he's very disciplined when he drives. And in that T600, um, it may be uh, uh, alone among all the trucks, among the folks that we have on the on the phone and not having a big square hood. No comment, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we had a category all to ourselves. <laughs> well, the difference is, my, we bought my wife a new hood. She's got a big long hood, Ken. What's this? She drives. It's only two years old. Three years old. I have my T600 is 17 years old, but it's got a, a twin turbo 550 cat engine in it that gives better fuel mileage and has more power than hers does. And so I'm pretty happy with it myself. I'm pretty content. It's 
Uh, you know, it's got about one and three quarter million miles on it. We just did the second overhaul with the CAD engine, and uh, I just love driving this. It. So easy to drive. I just drove hers the last trip. Uh, I stopped putting mine in the shop, and I took hers so she could stay home. And quite honestly, I like driving mine better than I do hers. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a variety of hoods in in this in this group. We've got uh, Jay. Jay's you're 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 still running in the uh, the the older Western Star, right? That's yes, got sir. A bit of, that's got a bit of a slope to it, doesn't it? <laughs> Just slightly, but but I don't classify for an aerodynamic truck by no means. Got the breathers on the sides, got big fuel tanks, you know, no skirts or anything. And and I'm pretty impressed with with my mileage. I get seven miles to the gallon overall, yeah. and I've been doing that consistently. But that's driving like sixty miles an hour, so. I'll, I'm the guy that everybody's fussing at blowing blowing my doors off, you know. But I'm in the right <laughs> lane, so I'm in the right lane. Yeah. Well, that's it. You're in the right lane, so that's fine. Yep. <laughs> yep. Repairs on the truck. I scrutinize every invoice. I'm sure they're like, here comes that bitch again. But but you know what? I get them to knock a couple hundred bucks off, so it's worth it. We get most of our work done in Pennsylvania when we're taking our, our 10-hour breaks. We have to take two general bridges running from Illinois to eastern Pennsylvania and back. So we get most of our work done there because the labor rates in rural Pennsylvania are $75 to $100 an hour less than what they are here in Chicago. Right. Probably by two and a quarter, 250 an hour. 170, aren't they? And just, and then with our general people, we do business in Pennsylvania. Their oil changes are probably couple hundred dollars more than I go to Cleveland Brothers and Milesburg at CAT and they they do my old changes with everything the whole PM service for like almost $150 less than what camera service for. So you gotta pick your spot. Plus when you're working every when you're working every day like we are, we're we're make, you know, the customers only work during the week. So sometimes we'll leave on Sunday or we won't get home till Saturday or if we're doing the second trip. But when you're doing these short runs like that you you don't have time to stop the truck at home and take the day off in the middle of the week because you'll miss a load. We're, we're unloading or reloading almost every day on one end or the other. So you really can't take a day off during the week. And most of these shops aren't open on weekends. So that's why we get our work done in Pennsylvania where the labor rates are cheaper. And we get it done when we're, when we're taking our 10-hour break. So when we get home on the weekends, we're getting out of the truck and get away from it. A no truck day. We have a no truck day. Today's our no truck day. No truck day. Yet, here were the Wilsons talking about the operation with all of us. It reminded me of our prior conversation a couple months back when Rita spoke to the notion of eating, sleeping, and breathing trucking when the pair were running a small fleet and her daughter's admonition of her parents constantly talking about trucks, trucking, and business around the dinner table. With the downsizing they've done in subsequent years, at least, they're grabbing some of that work-life balance that eludes so many of us. Hats off to them for that, for certain. To finish things out with the group, as I did with the four owners featured in the last podcast, I asked everyone for their best piece of advice for new and or aspiring owners. Rita Wilson spoke up first, and it wasn't work-life balance considerations that prompted her advice. That's sure. I, I, would, I would tell them that they... Um... You know, they need to be diligent in everything that they do, um, that they need to get in with someone that is reputable, someone they can trust, um, 
and they got to run hard. They've just, if, if you don't run hard in this business, if you don't give it 110%, you are not going to make it. You, you just, you just have to be, you know, you just, they got to be all in. Amen. That was Steve Massett's amen there. And he subsequently went on to advise aspiring owners not to be too dazzled by the big custom Pete's and Kenworths out there, but to be more discerning in their truck choice starting out. Look for something, he said, you can get for a fraction of those big price tags that can be had for much lower cash outlay and monthly payments in order that you can start with a nest egg for unseen repairs and quickly begin to build another nest egg for retirement. Planning for the big downsides, though, for new owners is of utmost importance, he said. And you got to plan for the downsides like right now with the economy and stuff. It's going to be tight for a while here. Hey, you just, you know, that's the way it is. You don't think you don't do the extras. You take the extra work when you can and you watch your, watch your a friend used to tell me, you, you pick up the, watch the pennies and the dollars take care of themselves. And say you're cheap or I got friend, oh, you're such a cheapskate. I'm like, it's not be, about being cheap. It's about maintaining my business so I can be profitable. And that's what, that's what, some drivers they don't realize that they just look at the dollars and think they're oh wow look at this anyone could do this and then then they get in a, in a bad spot and they can't get out their way out of it is walking away from the truck and that, that doesn't help anybody i just wanted to jump in because he was saying about people saying cheap you got to tell your friends like like i do the word is frugal i am frugal i'm not cheap i'm frugal that's right the difference yeah that's so- right. I've I've kind of been called that all my life, but I don't have a problem with it. You know, I, but I correct them when they say, oh, you, you're cheap, Jay, you're cheap. No, I'm frugal, man. And it's got me a long way. And that's very important. Right. I think it's more of a case. I don't, I don't know about the frugal thing. It's to me, I look at it as living within your means and right. money management. Yep. Um, you know, um, yeah. Okay. We've got a big truck and this, that, and the other, but you know, it just didn't, it didn't come overnight. You got to work to a certain, and you also got to multitask, um, like coming on this call and I just loaded an engine as we talked. Uh, (laughs) I just, uh, just finished loading an engine. So, um, (laughs) but yeah, it's, it's living within your means is, is the important thing and trying to, I mean, you need to look. Say if you get paid two thousand um, dollars, you've got your expenses and everything. Which people have to work out what their expenses and everything are, and then whatever you can save after that paycheck or statement or whatever, um, then you put whatever you can aside. Say you know savings or or whatever. But you can't you know whether you got a fancy truck, you go to the Chrome shop and spend half your money in the Chrome shop. You know, a nice-looking truck don't pay the bills. And trust me, I can ver- I can vouch for that one. My advice, I guess, to a new driver, well, company driver, I probably don't have any advice, but... Owner-operator Debbie Desiderato there. To a new, like, owner-operator or independent carrier or something, I would say try your best to kind of make yourself indispensable um, by maybe like hauling different types of trailers so that you can change with the season um, or with customer demands because a lot of freight is seasonal. 
kind of be the solution to you know the problem and and uh, definitely like go out and get your own customers like if you're new at being an independent company like go right in your neighborhood and find your own customers and be on call for them um you know it works for me they call me when i'm at home um my my main customers some of their uh employees live by me and they know when i'm home you know they'll they'll call me up for the moment and say you know can you grab one this afternoon at two o'clock you know it just came up or whatever and um it's it's just a whole different world i think um getting back to slowing things down to save fuel um i don't ever have etas anymore you know when i pick up my customers freight they don't ask me when i'm going to deliver they just know i'll get get it there in a reasonable time and that's a wonderful thing you know there's no pressure you can got time to be safe and and safe but uh i think diversity is the name of the game and you know i've done that all my truck and life i started as a car hauler i've done uh reefer i've done dry van flat yeah. hot shots you know logging and i just do whatever's necessary at the time you know i've got uh four different trailers or three different trailers now two log trailers of conestoga and a dry van and i'll just take whatever i'm needed for it you know at on that mm-hmm. day and um you know they're all down the street from my house i just and i'm only one truck so i just you know drop and hook to the next one whatever i needed for and that kind of is what keeps me in business you know just diversifying everybody's yeah. advice is you know is very good but just something that i that i've done and that i think about is a roth ira any yeah. any young especially the younger a guy is cuz there's no retirement out here and a roth ira is a beautiful thing and it can, it can make you a lot of money and it and you don't have to put a lot into it it's you know you invest as you can and uh i don't think this is just my guess that that most owner operators probably don't even have any kind of retirement fund set up and it's just something that's that's you know it's just looking ahead for the long run and a roth is you contribute uh it's post tax that you contribute to it so you're paying today's tax rate when you're contributing to it you're not paying the future tax rates which you can right. suspect will be higher than they are today I mean, yeah you don't pay taxes when you take it out you pay them up front it, it's a great thing to have especially when when you get a little older you know and you want to slow down i've slowed down quite a bit so it's just a nice thing to have that that roth i'm not ready to retire but the money's there you know for whatever i want to use it for right have you you haven't started you haven't started drawing on that at all at this point no no i don't have any plans to really draw on it unless not like just if i need it for some specific purchase or something like that but as long as i'm working you know i'm yeah earning earning my living covering my family and everything but it's, it's just a great it's it's a great tool to have and a young person a lot of times you know if they younger starting out they they i mean i didn't start an, an ira as early as i should have but i finally did get get on board and i'm glad i did when i did 
but the younger you do it, the better it is. You know, just that's just how it is. So I did it when I was younger. Yeah, Chris, have you do you do you guys have that set up now? Yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah. I've got that set up. I've got other, obviously, uh, I've done sort of started doing stocks and all that as well um, to diverse my money a little bit here, there, and everywhere. Um, but, uh, yeah, the uh, Roth is a, definitely a very good go, way to go. Um, and my accountant told me about it. And I guess that's the other thing. Have a good accountant. You need a good accountant. <laughs> <laughs> right. And um, we're, we are very lucky where we have an awesome accountant. And they're, n they're not actually a trucker's accountant. Um, right. They are a pure business accountant um, that know the, the trucking industry, but they know business. And um, so, you know, unless you're doing all the bookkeeping yourself and everything else, um, just need to make sure that you keep hold of everything and you know and have someone good at you know doing what they get paid to do don't be afraid to ask questions and never give up stay tuned for the announcement of the top three finalists though lord knows it's a difficult judging experience with the contenders this year no doubt thanks to all for the benefit of their experience I'll post a link to where you can find all our Trucker of the Month profiles of 10 semi-finalists this year in the show notes, wherever you're listening. Overdrive Radio you'll find on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, and Via Pocket Casts, and many more. If you're getting plenty out of these, leave us a rating, a review there, and don't forget you can always find the show at the worldfamousoverdriveonline.com slash overdrive hyphen radio. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive. The voice of the American trucker. He's edited and produced by me, Todd Dills, with the acoustic guitar and other support of trucker songwriter Long Haul Paul Marhofer. The theme is Legend of the Snake Man by Marhofer, featuring the guitar work of Travis, the Snake Man himself, Whammock, Terry Two Socks Richardson on bass, keys by Tishamingo Jim Whitehead, and on drums, Andrew Marshall. The podcast is backed up further by Overdrive's own news editor, Matt Cole. Executive Editor Alex Lockie and Video Editors Lawson Rudisel and Andrew Glenn. See you next time.